Amen. Thank God for all of you that bring your Bibles to church. Amen. And as many as I see on the pews, I pray that you have a good one at home. <clears throat> You're not just a... <laughs> I got you there. Praise God. I wasn't looking at anybody. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I walked through this church praying and... and uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, this is my theory. Is that whatever you bring to church, I'm talking about all your junk. I don't say it in a chiding manner, but take it home with you. But, but, if I have to pick it up, it's not beneath me because I'm the servant of God. Just like you are. Amen. And I thought to myself, oh, it could be worse. It could be clean pews. No litter on the floor. No bottles in the pews. And no people on the pew. And so I'm thankful for the church today. Amen. And uh, so God is great. Amen. And I love each one of you. Praise God. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples. I'm glad my mother-in-law. Amen. Is here. Mom Knapp. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad Isaiah and Carson's here. Amen. And uh, hopefully for the week's over with, amen, we'll have some good times. Praise God. Starting today. Amen. Hallelujah. They started late last night. Praise God. I was like, where's my wife at? I said, oh yeah, she's with her mom. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. He said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Three things that Jesus instructed them here. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? <clears throat> and whosoever, <clears throat> excuse me, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. <clears throat> Verse 37 says, Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Praise God. Let's ask God to help us today. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you for the words that you have spoken to us today. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would bring all things to our remembrance. God, I ask you today that the word of God would go forth and light upon good ground. God, that it would bring forth much fruit. God, I thank you for the anointing today, God. I ask you, Lord, to anoint every heart to receive your word and every ear to hear it, Lord. 
In the name of Jesus. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I thank you, Jesus. I praise your name, Lord God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's love the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. My title today is a simple, uh, simple title. It's just called The Exchange Rate. The exchange rate. In finance, an exchange rate is a rate at which one currency will be exchanged for another currency. And in that little sentence, it's pretty cut and dried uh, in what we read. But in reality, it's much more than that when you go to another country from the United States. Most of the time, because of the value of the dollar, uh, and don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with uh, finance today. I'm not going to bore you with economics. And, and, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is most of the time when you go to a foreign country, the dollar is worth a lot more, or generally more. Uh, when I went to the Philippines Sister Alvarez, I don't know what it is now, but it was about 57 pesos to one. And that is, the translation of that statement is that they are very poor. And uh, anytime there is a large uh, difference in the exchange rate, the country that you're at, uh, the, wherever you went to or you're going to, generally those countries suffer uh, much economically. And uh, thank God that we live in the United States of America. And uh, is it the best? It is, in my opinion. This is my country. This is my home. And uh, so is it perfect? Probably not. And uh, so we can understand that we're, we're looking at a day and time that we will see the coming of the Son of Man. Concerning finance, you will see a one-world currency. Amen. Will we see it in our time before the coming of the Lord? I don't know. I don't know what's getting ready to happen, but I do know Jesus Christ is coming back. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. And I'm looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ. But I come today to talk to you about the exchange rate and what places value upon something. Uh, we, we all have things in this life that we place value upon. And uh, there's things that uh, we look at those items and there is no price that could ever uh, take the place of that item in our life because it's one of a kind. There will never be another. It may be something that really is, it could be priceless, it could be uh, worthless in when it comes to monetary uh, 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 standards or however you want to look at it. But to us, it is something that could never be replaced because maybe it was given to us by our mom or our dad. 
Maybe it was given to us by someone very special in our life. And so uh, that thing has a great value upon it because there is only one of a kind. Um, the other, on the other hand, we, the life and the world that we live in, uh, uh, the, the, the value that is placed upon uh, things that we deal with on a daily basis, uh, amen, has purely to do with supply and demand. It has to do with how much there is of something and how demanded it is and how, in, uh, how much it's sought after. And, and there for a while, uh, in, on a little bit of a humorous side, we all know about the toilet paper story. And how that there was no TP because everybody thought they were going to run out. And so you couldn't find it. And when you did find it, sometimes they would price gouge it a little bit. And, and the price of it went up. And so the value of it, amen, became priceless, if you please, because of the lack of the toilet paper. And then you look at other things in this life. And uh, you hear the, the saying, well, they're just a dime a dozen. Basically, they're kind of worthless. And, and you can get a whole bunch of it for just about nothing. And you can go to the candy store and get you a handful of candy for 25 cents. And, and uh, the reason why is because it's mass produced and it really doesn't do you any good at all other than make you feel good short-term by what you're tasting. How many is with me here right now? And so the, the, the other side of that is that there are things that are very precious, precious elements in this world. They, there's, there's gasoline. And so right now the demand for gasoline is at an all-time high. And they would have you to think that there was not enough supply and so that they can raise the price. And, and I won't get on that candy stick. You all probably know it better than I do and have better arguments as to why you shouldn't have to pay that much for gas, but we're still pumping it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so there's another element called gold. How many knows what gold is? Amen. Everybody in here knows what gold is. And when you see some metal that is yellow, it immediately catches your eye and you look at it and you say, wow, I wonder if that's the real thing. Why, is, why, has, uh, why has gold, even from the beginning, been such a priceless asset? Why is that? Really, it's just something that comes out of the earth. But what you don't understand is that gold, amen, the way it's produced is it is not just something that can be mass produced. It's something that takes hundreds or even thousands of years for it to become available from the pressures that it endures. And, and diamonds are the same way. And, 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 and all these things, it's just not something that's readily accessible. It's just not something that you can readily get your hands on. How many is with me right now? I don't plan on preaching a long time today, but I got a, I've got a message from God for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so 
Uh, gold is something that man is constantly having to mine. And, and they're constantly searching for it and digging for it. And you heard the man uh, stand in this pulpit Wednesday night, Elder Haman, and talk about how that his son, son-in-law, I believe, is in the gold industry and how that it takes them much effort to get this gold out of the earth. And uh, it takes a lot of money to process it, but yet it's still one of the most valuable and probably the most valuable in the world because of its uh, because of its universal uh, demand, and you say, "Well, platinum's worth as much or more, and these other, and there is other elements that are they're worth more money, but gold is that universal thing that gets everybody's attention." I mean, is with me here right now? And so, there's other demands in the world. There's silver. And really, if you look at silver, over time, it has outperformed gold. And it's, the, it's probably one of the more uh, 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 unrecognized elements of commerce. But, uh, and there's so much, as I was reading about this and studying about this, it's, very, it's a very broad subject. And, and, and really, silver, it doesn't have the the luster that gold has, but it is just as valuable, if you please. Amen. And so uh, silver has its values. Ammunition. Uh, you say, what's ammunition? That's what you put into a gun to make it go bang. And right now, ammunition, there is a shortage, a drastic shortage. Just, just go to the store, go to Walmart and have... Have Brother John Wines break you out a box of ammunition. And he'll tell you there's none available today because everybody's bought all the ammunition. And so there's a shortage and so the demand's high. How many is with me right now? And so we, we look at all these things. Guns are the same way. Uh, and, and so all these things have a value that is placed upon them. Because they're very extremely difficult to get to. And there, there, there's something in everybody's life that everybody's body and, and, and spirit and soul that is very valuable to God. Hey man, it's called your soul. Hey man, because it's something that cannot just uh, be taken out and played with and experimented with. Uh, amen. But your soul belongs to God. Amen. amen. Your soul is something that will stand before God for God to judge. Uh, amen. God will be the judge in the end day. Amen. At the last day, uh, amen, God is going to judge our soul, judge our minds, judge our words that we speak. Hey man, he's going to judge us in all aspects of who we are. Hey man, because he is the righteous judge. And so the soul, Jesus talked about the soul many times of how, 
Hey man, the rich man, he said, I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. And how the rich man said, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And, and that night, he, that God said, Jesus said that that man, hey man, that the, that God said, this night your soul is required of you. Hey man, I, I want to ask you something. If, if those men had to do it all over again, would they have placed a greater value upon their soul instead of the other worldly elements that they were dealing with? I'm here to tell you, you can have as much money or as the least amount of money in this world. And it doesn't matter when it comes to your soul. Amen. There's only one soul. There's one life to live. And I'm going to live it for God. I refuse to be tempted and pulled by the things of this world and saying, come on. Amen. Sell your soul for just a little pleasure of sin. Jesus, he began to teach his disciples that to follow him, they must deny themselves. What are we denying ourselves? The pleasure of sin for a season. You say, oh, well, it feels good, pastor. I had a man tell me when I said, hey, I said, you can't do that living for God. You stop that tonight. And he said, oh, no, pastor. He said, I like that too much. And that man's dead, gone, and his soul has been judged according to his own words and actions. Because there is pleasure in sin for a season. A little while. A little while. How many knows when a season ends? You know when it, yep, somebody said it, four months. For a season. You know, wintertime, I always get through winter. I don't like the cold anymore. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not 50 yet. So um, it's, it's something that every person deals with. When you turn 50, you start, you realize you probably got less time ahead of you than you do behind you. And you get cold-blooded. And not a cold heart. Just, just your blood runs cold sometimes. Praise God. And... Uh, and so uh, we realize that, uh, that, that there is a season that, that, that comes through and, and uh, the, the opportunity to do what is easy. Remember, everything that has, is according to the flesh, it's really easy to do because it's just a natural action. It's something that you're born to do. Every man's born a sinner. How many is with me here right now? Everybody's born. Anybody can lie. Anybody can cheat. Anybody can, uh, uh, it's really easy to steal. I mean, it's with me. You say, oh, no, it's not, Pastor. Oh, yeah, it is. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost and you're not praying, it's easy to something. There, there's some things people have more propensity to. They have more. They lean that way. They say, oh, there's some people, man, they can, they can walk by something in the store and, 
and pick it up and stuff it in their pocket and walk out and never blink an eye. And then there's some people they think, man, if I, they don't have, I'm talking about people that don't have the Holy Ghost. But uh, there, some people may be tempted to do that, but they realize if they get caught, that's going to be on their record for the rest of their life. And so don't do it. They say most people that do that, they do it because it's a thrill. It's not of necessity. <laughs> There's never a right time to tell a lie. There's never a right time to steal. There's never a right time to sin. And so Jesus said, you've got to deny yourself. What are we denying ourselves? The self-will that leads to self-gratification, but no fulfillment. It got kind of quiet when I said that. Instant gratification. Oh, I'm 18 now. I can get a credit card. Long as I have checks, I've got money. Please don't take this for the gospel. I'm just. In the old day, they would try to arrest you for it. Now they just keep piling up charges upon you. I mean, he's with me right now. Self-gratification. Oh, man, I, I'm going to eat this Big Mac. In fact, I'm going to eat four of them. <laughs> Woo, I knew I'd get somebody right here. <laughs> and when they're teenagers, they can probably do it. But if I tried to do that now, it would literally just about kill me. Because while it may feel good, there's the, there's the, Payment at the end and say, okay, now you're going to reap what you just sowed. I believe it's Galatians 6 and 7. I don't have it in my notes. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You're not going to mock God and say, see, God, I got away with it. God is not mocked that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, what? The things of the Spirit. That's what you'll reap. And so we've got to make the conscious decision when we deny ourselves, how is this affecting me? What is this going to do to me in my walk with God? I am going to make the right choices today. I am going to do the things that are going to benefit me today and not just me, but someday it's going to benefit my children. Someday it's going to make a difference in my family's life uh, that the life I'm living right now, it's going to make a difference. Oh, come on, you young people. Amen. Right now you have got the opportunity uh, to make a difference in living for God. And living for God, I don't, think, I don't feel like we have to learn by our mistakes all the time. There's times where we do make mistakes. There's times where we make really embarrassing mistakes. We're like, man, I hope nobody finds out about that. 
And then we know the word of God says, whatever's done in secret shall be shouted from the mountaintop. And then that's where we start saying, oh, God, I need your mercy. Please don't let my mom and dad find out about that. Please don't let my wife find out I was driving 40 miles an hour over the speed limit. No, I wasn't doing that, but if I got you, that, that was purely coincidental. We'll even change the names to protect the innocent or the guilty. But there has to come a decision time where I've got to say, okay, I've made enough mistakes in life. I'm going to start making some right decisions. Because there is still the law, amen, of the sowing and reaping that, okay, so I've made the bad decisions. Uh, and I'm not just preaching to our young people right now. I'm preaching to everybody. Uh, amen. There has to come the knowledge and the understanding and the revelation, if you please, that even though I've made bad decisions, I can start making some right decisions uh, that are going to benefit me, amen, a, long, a lot further down the road uh, than a mistake will. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you right now. Amen. That it's time to deny yourself and follow Jesus. It's time to say, yes, Lord. Amen. To your will and not my will. You know, doing what your pastor tells you to do will benefit you a lot further down the road than saying, well, I'll, uh, I'll take that into consideration. I, see, I have seen people my whole life, and, I've, and I see more on the pews here that have done what the man of God has said, not in my short 10 years, but in my lifetime. But I have seen those who have said, well, the man of God told me what to do, and I'll go Google it on the internet to see if that's really what I should do. If you want Google's advice, knock yourself out. But if you want a life of peace and happiness, amen, do what the man of God tells you to do. Amen. You say, well, I just don't feel like it's, I need to pray, Pastor. I've, I've prayed enough for one week. I've prayed my 30 minutes on Monday or my hour on Monday and I just don't feel like I've got to pray that much. Well, you know something? If you don't pray, amen, I can't pastor you. Well, praise God. Because I'm going to tell you spiritual things. And if you're not praying, you can't receive the spiritual things of God. I'm going to tell you some common sense things that you can use that and figure life out. But when you take your common sense and put it with the Holy Ghost, because you know where common sense came from? It came from God, not the devil. The devil wants you to abandon all of your common sense and, and live like an idiot. 
You say, oh, pastor, you shouldn't say that. Well, that's what the world tells you every day. If it feels good, do it. That's an idiotic way of living. And so the Bible tells you, amen, to deny yourself, amen, and say, I'm going to make some right decision. I'm going to deny my own ungodly flesh, and I'm going to see what the Word of God has to say and not Google. My Bible says I am healed. I'm not going to WebMD all the time to see what kind of little disease I've got. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to have God heal my body. Some of you need to get off the internet and looking up your diseases all the time. You get so depressed, you can't do anything. There's snake oil doctors all over this city. And you go in there and say, well, I feel like I got this problem. Oh, yeah, you do. You need to pay me another $50, another $100, another $150. Well, praise God. Thank God for a pastor that will tell you the truth. Hey, man, get a hold of God. Hey, man, get you a good walk with God in a prayer life and you'll be a lot happier. Amen. You say, who's been talking to you, Pastor? Nobody but God. My wife hasn't told me nothing. My children haven't told me nothing. Nobody in the church has come to me and said, oh, Pastor, You say, oh, that's, that's why I don't tattle on anybody in church if they're sinning. You know what? If you know somebody's sinning and you don't tell your pastor about it, you're committing the same sin. Woo! If the shoe fits, wear it. Amen, I'm not going to allow somebody, amen, if I see somebody sinning, I'm not going to allow them just to keep on sinning and turn my head and say, well, I'm not going to be a tattletale. No, a tattletale is someone that goes around stirring stuff up all the time. A tail bearer. Man, I don't know why I'm on this, but here we are. I'm going to tell Pastor this just to make it, I'm going to twist it, I'm going to spin it just to, now the new word for a lie is spinning it. Well, if you spin something, you're a liar. Man, here we are. It doesn't matter if you go out and murder somebody or if you tell a lie, you're going to the same hell. Don't be a liar. If you're lying, stop lying. Wow. Jesus' name. You know, a lie is making somebody believe something that's not really true. Whether it's by an action, whether it's by words or by deeds. Just when somebody sees you, when you talk to somebody, just be who you are. 
Don't try to just, if somebody asks you something, tell it how it is. Did you do that? I did do that. Own up to it. I'm not, I'm not trying to get out of this. I need help. Amen. I can't get away from this right now. Amen. Don't, don't live a life of deceit. Be honest. Be open. Amen. There, there's some things in life uh, you've got responsibility for. And there's things in life that you have to take responsibility for. Because if you don't take the responsibility, who's going to be, uh, who's going to pay for it, Aiken? Who's Achan? Achan in the Bible, uh, when they took Jericho, God told them that everything that's in Jericho comes to the treasury. He said, Joshua told him, he said, don't you take nothing. Everything comes to the house of God, to the treasury. Because that, belo- that city belongs to God. He said, don't you take nothing. And Achan, he looked on a Babylonian garment. And he took a wedge of gold and I forget how many pieces of silver. Maybe it's several wedges of gold. But he took gold and silver and the Bible says he dug a hole in his tent and he buried it. And they went to Ai to fight the battle. And they said, oh, we just need two or three thousand guys to go whip this city. We're big and bad now. And Ai ran them bug hunting. Killed them, whooped them, spanked them. And God went and fell on the, or Joshua went and fell on his face before God. And he said, what's going on? And God said, there's sin in the camp. And you know who it affected? You say it affected Achan. Oh, no. It didn't affect Achan. God said, you get his wife, you get his children, you get his tent, you get his horse. You get his cow, you get his goats, you get everything that he has, and you stone them, and then you burn them with fire. And he said, you erase the memory of who they are because they disobeyed me. Hey, you know what happens is when you sin, you say, well, that sin just affects me. No, it affects the church. It affects your family. It affects everybody. What you got to do is say, okay, God forgive me. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, praise God. Let's love God right now. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, you have to take up your cross. Obedience to God. Obedience to the man of God. The word of God. Amen. What happens when we do that? Amen. We have fulfillment in our walk with God when we see the results of living right. When you start seeing the results of living right, what causes causes us to want to live wrong? You want to know what causes that? Is you quit praying. Is you quit, you quit obeying. And so what you have to do is you got to say, okay, I'm going to take up my cross. And my cross is the obedience to God's will in my life. When Jesus took up that cross, it wasn't, 
Oh, yeah, he knew he was God. He knew what was, it was going to accomplish. But he was, you know what this is right here? You know what this is right here? Can you tell me what this is? What's this right here? That's not your cheek. Flesh. The Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we. Yet without sin. And you know what he had to do? He knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to die. The flesh knew he was going to. That old flesh that Jesus was in, he knew he was going to die. How many wants to die today? Nobody in here. And you say, oh, yeah, I want to go see Jesus. And, and the minute you start dying, I was sitting there, and, and uh, I, I was, I've seen many people pass away, and I've heard more than one medical professional say, yeah, the flesh doesn't like to die. It takes a long time for the flesh to pass away. I mean, he's with me right now. And so Jesus knew he was going to die. And so he had to shoulder the cross. You know what that cross was? It was the will of God in his life. Yeah, he was the son of God. He was God. But that flesh was the son. It was God's only begotten son. The son that was born. The son that was given to us. Amen. And he had to take up his cross and he had to do the will of God in his life. That's what we have to do to serve God. You've got to do the will of God. The will of God, not your will. You've got to say, yes, Lord, to your will and your way. And you know what happens when we take up that cross? Amen. All of a sudden, we realize the fulfillment of what's getting ready to happen. Is that we're going to see the lost saved. We're going to see our families saved. We're going to see our life be productive. We're going to see some good things come to pass. Fulfillment, this is a word that has really taken off right now. Amazon's going to fulfill your dreams for a price. How many is with me? And so fulfillment is, man, there it is. It just got here today. And so if you could take that to a spiritual level, that while I'm putting this into my walk with God, and all of a sudden, that old six foot five preacher that gets up and preaches this all the time, that, that when I'm doing it, you start seeing it happen in your life. And you start seeing God do the miracles in your life. And you start seeing God work in your life. Oh, I'm trying to reach for you right now, church. Hey, man, to take the will of God. Pick up your cross every day and say, I've got a work to do. I've got the will of God for my life. I refuse to miss the will of God. I'm going to be part of the will of God. I'm going to be part of the work of God. I'm going to see revival. I'm going to see people saved. I'm going to see people come out of sin. Delivered. That's the fulfillment of living for God. God blesses you with whatever in this life. Use it for the kingdom of God. Say praise God. God give it to me. I'm happy about it. But that's not fulfillment. Fulfillment is seeing God's will fulfilled. 
Say, wow, I see it happening. I see someone catching the revelation. I see someone uh, catching my spirit uh, that they want revival too, that they want to see people saved too. I don't know about you, but that's why I'm in this world. Uh, that's why God saved me, is to see a soul saved. Well, praise God, I'm here to preach to you. I'm not preaching to this four walls. I'm preaching to you. I just don't come to church for a social club. God doesn't believe in socialism. God doesn't believe in democracy. They're all man-made forms of government. Some of them benefit more than others. But God believes in his kingdom, amen, and seeing his will performed. Oh, I'm teaching and preaching to you today. Amen. I may not be screaming and hollering right now, but I'm nonetheless, uh, amen, God sent me to give you a word uh, that if you'll pick up your cross, uh, amen, and follow him, you're going to have a much better life. Jesus said, lift up your eyes, amen, and get to work. You said, no, that's not what he said. Yeah, that's what exactly what he said. He said, lift up your eyes to the fields, for they are white unto harvest. You know what harvest is? Harvest is work. It's time to get to work, church. It's time to have revival. It's time to teach a Bible study. It's time to see people filled, filled. Hey, Amen. It's time to see people delivered. Now, Jesus said, follow him. He said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And what did the Bible tell us they did? Is they forsook their old lives. They forsook their nets. Jesus told him, he said, look, the father's going to be divided against the son, the son against the father. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I, I, I brought division. Why did Jesus say that? I didn't come to bring peace. When he's the prince of peace. No, he brought peace to your life. But there's going to be times in your walk with God where that peace brings separation. And don't become dismayed at the separation. How many listen to me right now? Listen to Pastor Kirker because I'm trying to help you right now. Don't be dismayed at the separation. Just say, God, I thank you for the peace that you've given to me. And God, if you've separated me from the world uh, and you've separated me from my old lifestyle, so be it. I'm going to live for you. I refuse to go back. I refuse to look back. I refuse to turn back. I refuse to do the things I used to do. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm giving God my life. Everything that I am, I'm living for God. Just stay after it. I hope this is helping somebody today. It helped me. Romans 6 and 23, I'm going I'm to show you something that's very powerful. 
The wages of sin is death. Now, I don't have time to, to teach this whole passage of Scripture, but if you'll back up about six verses and read Romans chapter 6, you'll understand what I'm getting ready to paraphrase. Paul wrote it out in the Scripture. But he said the wages of sin is death. Now, how do you get a wage? It's because you are what? You're an employee. And so an employee really is, it's important to a company. Employees are important to get the work done. But in the end, we all know that if a business starts to lose money and they don't have enough money, pretty soon they start doing what to the employees? You get the ax. And so they're just a number. They're just a number. And it says the wages of sin is death. But, everyone say but. The gift of God, everyone say the gift. So there's a difference between a wage and a gift. Because when you get a gift, is a gift, do you have to work for a gift? No. Do you have to... Uh, uh, you have to work for wages. You have to show up on time every day. But when God gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost, He gives it to you. What does the Bible say? That the gifts and the calling of God are what? Without strings attached. God doesn't change His mind. And say, you know, I decided I'm going to take the Holy Ghost away from you. How can he take the Holy Ghost away from you when he filled you with the Holy Ghost and gave you the Holy Ghost? No, I don't believe in once saved, always saved. You can lose the Holy Ghost. But God does not take it from you. God keeps pouring it out. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, except for so-and-so, which I took it back from them. That's not what the scripture says. When God gave you the Holy Ghost, he gave you the greatest gift in the world. He said, I've got something that nobody else has. How many was with me at the first of this? How many was with me at the first of this? I'm going to give them that nobody else can give them. And so you know what that means the gift of the Holy Ghost is? It's more precious than gold. It's more precious than diamonds. And the Word of God even tells us this, is that when God gives you the Holy Ghost, He gives you one of a kind. I'm going to give them the greatest thing that they could ever get. And the devil, you know what the devil tries to do? He tries to get you to exchange it. Or we could, we could look at it another way. In the Greek, it has two meanings. It means the exchange process. 
And buddy, when the devil exchanges with you, woo, the rate's horrible. He gives you things that will disappear. Now you have it. Now you don't. That's what the Bible says about the riches of this world. He'll give you things. You know what Jesus did, said? He said, I've come that you might have life and have it, what? More abundant. And so the exchange rate with God is much more. But the second definition of that word exchange in the original language is a ransom. Is that the devil will try to take what God has given to you and get it away from you. And then hold it in ransom and say, you've got to do all these things or you're ne you'll never get back to where you were. You've got to try to make all these things better. And, and you're constantly reaching. And, and God's saying, all you've got to do is bow your knee to me and cry out to God. And I'll bring restoration. I'll bring healing. I'll bring deliverance. And the devil's over here saying, come on, you've got to do all these things that are extremely unattainable in life that I can't make that reach. I can't make that goal. And God's saying, just follow me. All you have to do is walk by faith. Walk with me. Come on, go where I want. I want to show you some things you've never seen before. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. If you'll just serve God. If you'll give God time. Time is that factor. You say, right now, Pastor Carriker, I don't feel like I'm doing much of anything in my walk with God. Just keep walking by faith, saying yes to the Lord. And all of a sudden, you start seeing your walk with God begin to grow, begin to blossom, begin to open up. And the devil's over here. He's got you, he's got you in this little corner saying, you've got to do this. He's a bully. If you don't do this, you better do this or else. Oh, Jesus, Jesus didn't make him follow him. Jesus just said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And you know what they did? Is they followed him in the way. They just followed him. He didn't say, you better, you better or else. Jesus never said that. He said, this is what it takes to live for God. This is what you have to do. Make your choice. How many is with me right now? And so the devil tries to bring ransom into the picture. I'm going to hold you hostage until this ransom is paid. Jesus paid the price. Isaiah 42 and 18 says, Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind. 
that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observest not. Opening the ears, but he heareth not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. And he will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. This was talking about the people of God. And they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey. And none delivereth. For a spoil. And none saith restore. That's how the devil is. Is he wants to keep you captive at his will. He wants to keep you captive by the things that you deal with day in and day out. Telling you that there's no hope. And the Holy Ghost has sent a preacher to tell you today that there is hope. And all you have to do is say, okay, God, I give you my all. I give you my life. I give you my soul. My soul belongs to you, but God, here it is. I give everything, my mind, my body, everything that I am, I give it to you. I surrender all. And I'm just about finished here today. Jesus said, there was a man seeking goodly pearls. How many knows where pearls come from? Come from oysters. They too are very precious in the fact that they're not just readily attainable. But take much effort to get. I'm sure they have ways today that they figured out. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about ease. I'm talking about the way they used to get them. The men would risk their lives and dive down. Gather these oysters. And the Bible tells us Jesus said that there was a man seeking pearls. And the Bible says when he found that one pearl of great price that he went and sold all that he had to purchase that one pearl of great price. What is that what is that signifying? It's telling us that when we, as the children of God, that we know we have found, the devil tries to say the exchange rate, and he keeps upping it and upping it and upping it. That if you, if you want to attain this, this is how much it's going to cost you. But really, it didn't cost me anything but a life of sin broken heart, disease, addiction. How many is with me right now? And Jesus said that this man, he just went and sold out. He said, okay, God, I'm selling out to you. And I want to ask you today, have you sold out? Have you said, okay, God, I've tried it my way long enough. And God, I've got to have the Holy Ghost helping me. 
I need the Holy Ghost. I don't know if there's anybody here today without the Holy Ghost, but if you need the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need it. And it's the only thing that will turn your life around. It'll heal your mind, heal your body, and the Holy Ghost will set you free. Can we all stand here today? In the name of Jesus, let's pray. This altar's open. If you want to come and pray, this altar's open. Oh, I think we need to gather into this altar, church. Come on. Bring our friends with us. Come on, saint of God. You say, Pastor, I failed. Come up here and repent. Say, God, here I am again. God, I give my life to you. Come on, let's cry out to God. Oh, Jesus, I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Oh, help me pray right now in the name of Jesus. Just sell out to him, young person. Come on, saint of God, sell out to him. Oh, God, I'm going to follow you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, young people. Come on, let the tears flow. God draws nigh to them of a broken and a contrite spirit. Jesus' name. Oh, yes, God.